Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. We're trying to build in this series a spiritual domino effect that changes the course and culture of this church. We're intending on not only leading the church into fresh revival, but we're intending on leading ourselves into spiritual disciplines that change our entire walk with God. And some of us have not only applied it to our spiritual life, but we have applied it to our natural life. And so we're not only seeing the benefits of discipline in our spiritual life, but we're also seeing the benefits of the disciplines in our natural life. How many know spirit affects physical? How many know that when we change things in our prayer life, God changes things in our natural life? Amen. Would you stand for the reading of the word this morning? We want to go to John chapter 3 and verse 1. John chapter 3 and verse 1 as we enter into our time in the word. I'm very grateful to the Lord for our first steps classes that we have each Sunday. How many know first steps are going on each Sunday? Amen. We had a first steps this week, and Amanda has decided to get baptized after service. God bless you. We're so grateful for that. We're so excited with you as well that she is going to be putting on the name of Jesus Christ in her life and testifying to the things that God has done. She's taking the book of her life and laying it down and picking up the perfect life of Jesus Christ. Amen. And her name will no longer be Amanda Amanda Hernandez, but it'll be Amanda Hernandez Jesus. Amen. So when God looks at her, he doesn't see her life and her mistakes, but he sees the life of Jesus Christ and his perfect behavior, his perfect life. And so when they open the Lamb's Book of Life, we know that God's going to one day see her name, and we're praying for spirit and filling. Amen. Somebody, amen. Hallelujah. John 3 and 1 talks about that spirit birth and that water baptism. It talks about it when the Pharisee came to Jesus. There was a man, the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This being a ruler of the Jews, that's a very important point. He was very learned in scripture. The same came to Jesus by night. He wanted a secret meeting with Jesus and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these things, can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Everyone say, see. This is the year of revelation. We're talking about seeing greater things in God. Cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? He needs to take an anatomy course, doesn't he? At the local college. Can he enter into his mother's womb again and be born? And Jesus answered, And verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of what? 
of water and of spirit. Unless you break water and suck air is what I say sometimes in my Bible studies. Unless you break water and you take in that oxygen of the Holy Ghost, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born of water and of spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is what? And that which is born of the spirit is what? Spirit, marvel not that I say unto this unto you. I just want to stop there at verse 6 and let you know that we are trying to birth some things in the spirit and we are trying to stop some habits of the flesh. Amen? So we've talked in this series about the things that are habits on our life, that they are systems by which we live. Those are our habits of life. And last week, Reese did a great job, didn't he, talking about how to start one habit that changes your life. And this week, we're going to talk about stopping some things that are keeping God from moving in our life. Amen, somebody. Let's pray. Pray unto God right now and ask him to be in this house. Jesus, we're so glad you're here. We, we know that you have come to minister to us in this house, and we want to be submitted to the Spirit of God. Let the, those that are here, let them have ears to hear what the Spirit saith unto the church, Lord God. From the front wall to the back and the side walls, let us all be subject unto the higher power. Let us feel your glory, God, and let us sense you in this house, we pray. And somebody say, said, in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. So good to see you. Welcome visitors and friends. We love you all. I hope you sense the love of God while you're here and you feel his presence. It is so good to see all of your faces. I know that we all share in some similar goals in life. We all want good results. Amen. There is no person either in here or anywhere really that when if you talk to them, they say, yeah, I want to live paycheck to paycheck the rest of my life. There, there's no one that says, I want to live stressed over money for the rest of my life. Nobody has that for a goal. But while you talk to people about their goals, you'll find out even though they have some of the same goals, some people are accomplishing those goals and others are not. And it's simply because of the habits that we have in our life. And whenever you're stressing about money, and whenever you're stressing about things, when, when, when you're letting things happen in your life that, don't, that aren't built by a structure of discipline, things just begin to pile up and get worse and worse. Nobody says, I want to become overweight. Nobody says, when I get to 45 and 50, I want to have poor health in my body because I've eaten so many bad things and I've drink I've drank so many sugar sodas that now I have type 2 diabetes. Nobody says that. But when we're enjoying that sugar soda or when we're just driving through that drive-through, we're not giving our body healthy things. Amen. And so over time, it builds up and it creates chronic illness in our body. And even some die young because of it. And I want you to know that those are not goals that people have. They are the domino effect of bad behavior. And people do the same in the church. They don't just backslide in one Sunday. We tend to always put it into one sentence, right? We like, well, they, they had an indiscretion in their marriage and then their marriage departed, you know, and then, then they got divorced. That's one sentence that talks about a thousand steps that went that direction, amen? Well, they just decided that they were going to just eat poorly and they, don't, they, they heard people, the doctor said, you need to lose 40 pounds, but you know how it is. We just love the food we love and the heart wants what the heart wants, 
and one step after the other, eventually you get to the point where things happen. And we always summarize when we're telling the story later, all of those myriad of bad steps into one sentence. But the truth of the matter is the scripture tells us that you're building everything one decision at a time. And if you make the choice to walk with God, you also have to choose every day to get up and say, I'm going to be a woman of God. I'm going to be a man of God. And you have to choose that over bitterness, over offense, over good times, over bad. I'm preaching real good right now. Over good times, over bad times, over when people talk about you, when people don't talk about you, when you feel like crud or you feel great, you've got to keep being a Christian. You've got to say, I'm sorry. When you take a wrong tone, you've got to live your life according to the word of God and you have to live it every day. You've got to read your word. You've got to live your life according to your walk and your walk builds your destiny. Your direction of your feet determines your destiny in your future. So that's why when pastors come to you and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, uh, you, may, you may not want to do that. You're like, what's the big deal? It's just one cigarette, pastor. It's just one thing. It's just this. It's just, we're just hanging out. And pastor's like, yeah, but I see the direction of your feet. And I know where that destination heads and it's destruction. That's why you need a pastor in your life because sometimes we'll do little things that we can then regret down the road and we did not realize we were headed that direction. But when a pastor comes to you and says, I'm going to pray for you for this, don't get upset and don't get bitter. Just say, okay, pastor, pray for me. Maybe you're seeing something I don't see. Maybe I'm taking a step I didn't see in the wrong direction. But just let the man of God talk to your life and help him help you. Amen, somebody. I know I say amen, somebody, a lot, but I just want to encourage the word of God in the house. I don't want a mediocre life. How about you? I don't want a passionless life. I want a passionate life, a life driven, a life with vision, a life that doesn't end up with wasted things and regrets. Amen. I don't want my steps to end up to a place where I say, I wish I would have never. So rarely do we end up in the wrong place in one bad choice. I know there's cataclysmic fall apart kind of choices. I get that. But rarely is that the case. Usually it's one step at a time, one day at a time, one bad habit at a time. And the only thing that can change a habit is a habitation of the Almighty. Amen. The only thing that can change a habit and break something off your life is the Holy Spirit of God. Because it's the Spirit that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's not good preaching or polished suits or people looking good because they want to be good. It's when the Holy Ghost starts moving in the house of God and the preacher begins to get anointed and somebody gets on fire for God and the Spirit of God breaks the chains off of our life. We can set up discipline all we want to, but if we don't back it with the Holy Ghost, that which is flesh is still flesh. But that which is spirit produces dynamic Holy Ghost moving change. Amen, somebody. I'm not against systems. We set up systems in this church to a fault sometimes, but we are trying our best to do what we can. But those are flesh, not spirit. 
when the preacher gets up and he's preaching the word of God or when the music starts to play and we lift up God's presence and he inhabitates those presence, his inhabitation is what's come to break your bad habits, to break off of you things that you can't get out of, to break the chains of bad steps, to turn you around in repentance, to break you out in the name of Jesus, to wash your sins away in the waters of baptism. I'm preaching the name of God because it changes the words and the life we live. When his power gets a hold of us, we speak different. We talk different. We don't talk hopelessly. We talk with hope in our life. We talk about, I'm changing this. I'm reading my word. I'm believing God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm preaching to somebody right now that's been struggling with depression. In the name of Jesus, it has to go. It has to be broken in the name of Jesus. If you've cried tears on your pillow at night and you wish somebody knew your situation, he does know your situation. He's right there with you. He has not left you. He loves you more than any man or woman could ever love you. He loves you. And he is there for you. So no, it's not just that you have to make all the right moves. You have to be in the presence of Almighty God. You have to be in the right place at the right time. Amen. And right now is the right time. Right now is when God is moving. Things are happening, brothers and sisters, in this church. Things are happening. My friend is, is right now having revival, and he's seen over 5,000 be filled with the Holy Ghost. Right now, things are happening that you can't even understand. They, they, when he gave the prayer of faith and the lights went out, the power went out in, in the building, the church that he was praying at, and this man over here fell on the altar and began to throw up, I, I can't even say it any other way, throw up blood, and they thought he was dying, and he slumped over, and he did die. He died right there on the altar, and they began to hustle and try to figure out what they were going to do, and he said, I don't know what else to do but to pray for him. So he walked down off the platform, went over to where the man was laying on the altar, having thrown up blood, and he just reached over. Now the man had laid back. It was laying there. They had checked for a pulse for eight minutes, no pulse. He was completely dead. And he walked over, and he just put his hand on him. He said, I don't know anything else to do. I have no control over this situation. They already called the paramedics, but there was nothing to do in that moment. And he just laid his hand on his chest and said, in Jesus' name. And when he did that, the man shocked back to life. He woke back up. He sat up. This happened. I'm telling you, this just happened. And when he talked to the man, he said, what did you do to me? He said, I didn't do anything but use the name of Jesus, the name above every name, the name above every sickness, the name above every problem. Uh, that's all I know to use is the name of Jesus. And he said, whenever you touched me, he goes, I woke up with electricity shooting through my body. He, when he laid his hand on him and said, in Jesus' name, it shocked his heart back to function. I don't know any other way to say this, but God is able to still do miracles. He's still a miracle-working God. And we need to stop some things like thinking that God is not free to move in the miraculous if he wants to. We need to stop programming God out of our services. We need to stop thinking that it's gonna, we're going to be done and out of here at 12.30 or 1 o'clock. But we need to linger in the presence of God because I cannot break your bad habits, but his habitation can. I cannot stop what the world wants to do, but his power can't change it. 
His power can change it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of God that works within us to will and to do. Scripture says both to will and to do. He'll give you the willpower, and then he'll give you the behavioral power. By his spirit, he does it. When you feel like, I just can't do this anymore, that's when you need to pray. Because the Spirit will give you a turnaround in your willpower. When you say, I don't have the strength to do it. Pray. Take it to God. And when you're done praying for that situation, even if you're arguing with your spouse, say, let's stop and let's pray together. And when you pray together, it turns a light on in the spiritual world and stops the attacks of the enemy. When the devil is trying to drive a wedge between you, just grab hands and say, let's pray. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than our flesh. This is a spiritual attack, and we have to come against it with spiritual means. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. John 3, we talked about that. But when it comes to the little things, the steps that we're taking, when you begin to pray, the Holy Ghost will illuminate what you need to change. And that's whenever it becomes checkers with heaven. It becomes checkers with heaven. When God says, you need to move, he'll wait for you to make that move. God moves, and then you have to move. And then God moves, and then you have to move. And eventually, if you play the game right, eventually he's going to king you. I get excited about checkers. Sorry. I enjoy myself up here. I'm having too much fun. I know Samson was headed down to Gaza one day where he saw a prostitute. You don't get in that situation one step without making many steps. In Judges 16 and 1, it says that Samson went to Gaza. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in unto her. How many know you don't just decide to do that in one day as a man of God? Come on, there's many steps that got him there. Many compromises. Many, okay, maybe not this week I won't go to church. Maybe maybe I won't be where I need to be this week. Maybe I'll make this step or that step. And it doesn't really feel that bad. And the problem is that we think because we don't have direct consequences from a change of our behavior, we think that it's okay. But it actually, you're building yourself to a point where it's going to make a devastating impact on your life. Samson didn't understand, but he was taking steps toward this a long time ago. Amen? In fact, from his hometown, from his hometown to where he met that prostitute was 56,250 steps. It was 25 miles away to Gaza. Every step he could have said, I need to turn around. How many have been there where you know you're walking? Come on, let's be real. You're walking and Jesus said, nope, don't do that. And you're like, I, well, I want to anyways. It feels good. I'm going to do it. I feel, I feel like I deserve this. I, I, I'm going to keep, I've worked hard for this. I'm, and you keep walking, but God is tapping on your shoulder all the way there. Maybe 56,250 steps didn't have to happen. Maybe in one of those steps, he could have said, you know what? I need to stop feeding my flesh and I need to turn around and repent repent and go the other way. Amen? 
That's what God asks us to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. It starts with faith and confession, yes, but it goes to repentance where you turn and you say, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to take different steps. When the Lord taps you on the shoulder, you stop in your tracks and you say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to go there because that is the destination of regrets. And I want to live a life that has rejoicing. Amen? And joy evermore in my life. So you didn't get to that spot at once or with one step or one bad habit. Who we want to become starts with changing our direction. But who we become also starts with letting God have full reign in our life. I'm going to wrap up quickly this today because I do believe that we have a baptism and I want to celebrate that baptism. But I want you to know it's very difficult it's very difficult to start something at times. It's very difficult to begin. How many have ever been there? Try to break a habit, try to break a, 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 a continual small step that's built into an addiction, maybe? It's very difficult. Where it, and it says it in my notes, when you have to sneak out for a ciggy. I would never say ciggy, but that's what my notes say. <laughs> because it relieves my stress. It relieves different, you know, it relieves the way I feel uh, burdened right now. But what we don't see is down that road, decades later, is cancer in the lungs. What we don't realize is those little steps add up to very difficult and, and hurtful and painful things. You don't have to be customer of the year at the buffet to know that if you eat too much, your body's going to put on excess and it's going to give you problems in your future. Amen, somebody? If you have bad habits that are opposite of other things in their life that you realize when you try to set a good habit, the benefit and the payoff is in the future, and that's so hard to live with because your bad habits pay off right now. You smoke that cigarette, you get the buzz right now. You smoke that other thing, you, I don't even know what that thing is that people smoke, but whatever it is, because I've never done it, Whatever they're doing that gives them that instant high or whatever it is, that's the instant payoff. Good habits have future payoff. And that's why it's difficult to stop a bad habit. Amen? Because you get a direct and quick benefit from a bad habit. You get through the drive-thru, you get that sugar soda. You get that boost in energy. But that energy does not keep you. It's It's... False calories, amen? But whenever you begin to do good behavior, whenever you begin to live right, whenever you begin to go to the gym, somebody help me preach. If you've ever tried to change any kind of workout habits, you know that it takes time. It takes continual effort to pull yourself through that. If you want to change your attitude and stop being so critical and having such a critical and complaining spirit about everything and gossiping, you have to begin to pray every time you want to gossip. You have to begin to take control of your tongue. You have to be able to take control of your overeating. Take control of the sweets. Take control of the fast food. Take control of the things that give you instant gratification and say, are they hurting my body? And if they are, say, that is the temple of the Holy Ghost and I must take charge of that because I'm responsible to heaven for what I put in this body, not only physically, but spiritually. And that is why I preach the Holy Ghost 
so strong because you're responsible for what you put in this body. Amen. So you ought to be available to the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's all right. Digital video games. Binge watching Netflix. Porn addictions. Mobile device addictions. If you haven't had the privilege or the disgust of seeing how much time you spend in your report on screen time, it should shake you if you spend more than seven hours on your phone at a time. If you're not, mm, I'm not salty and I'm not mad, but if you're not praying more than your screen time, you need to adjust. Oh, I just became pastor for just a moment. Substance abuse, sugar, nicotine, prescription, alcohol. If you have a major issue, you need rehab. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to rehab. But I'm saying if you have small steps that are heading you in a direction, it's because you have the right place to get it. You have the time to go after it. You are doing, dealing with a mood in your life. To, you're trying to answer the mood with something of a substance. You're taking a moment that is not the moment that you should give to that thing. You should be giving that moment to God. It's always people, places, time, mood, or moment. That put us in bad habits. Place, you're not going to probably eat badly when you're at the gym, amen? You're probably not. So if you go and put yourself in places that are holy, you're probably not going to do unholy things. So if you have a desire, you need to put yourself into a, a moment with God. So you need to get out of that environment. If you have to flee youthful lust, if you have to run from sin, run to your car on the lunch hour and begin to pray. Get hungry for God. Get after it. Do everything you can to build a prayer life. Be so desirous of the things of God that you don't want the things of this world. Get a spirit and a mindset that says, give me Jesus. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. And you will defeat a bad habit amen and then of course walk in wisdom proverbs thirteen twenty says walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm the people you're with how many know people can give you bad habits because they have them if you are around people that gossip all the time won't be long you'll start calling it prayer You'll start calling it, I just need to know so I can pray, and really it's gossip. If you're around people who smoke, pretty soon you're smoking. If you're around people that are drinking, you know what they say, you'll end up at the bar. First in the bar, then at the bar, then under the bar. That's what they say. That's what I say. I wouldn't say that from the pulpit, but that's what they say. If you are hanging out with people that desire the things of God, you will begin to desire greater things than God. It's just a fact. If you hang out with people who want wisdom, who are talking about concepts, not people, you will build wisdom in concepts. You will seek the concepts, the wisdoms of God. You will ask God for wisdom, and you will not seek people to validate your bad behavior on Facebook with a like. This got heavy all of a sudden. Nobody's coming back, Jesus, next week. Oh, good thing we're done with the series. 
First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Do not." I'm going to read it up there. Do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. It doesn't matter what kind of manners you were raised with. If you get around people that have bad communication, that are swearing all the time, constantly using foul language, you will have those things begin to run through your mind when you get frustrated. And pretty soon they'll start running out your mouth. It's a fact. Bad company corrupts good character. And so you can take steps. You can build habits that form you into the kind of person you want to be. You have to remove, as Brother Reese said, remove the trigger, remove the action, and change your thinking about the reward. When you have a bad mood, don't say, I'm going to go to smoke a cig. Don't say, I'm going to go get a drink. Go, I'm going to go to the Lord. Your mood adjustment is one prayer away, amen? That's what happens. You have to make some choices. You have to make some very difficult choices maybe for you if you've gotten further into the weeds in an addiction. You may have to go to rehab. But I'm saying that the Holy Spirit can break addictions off people. I've watched it happen. I've watched people lift their hands and be filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit give the utterance and never want a cigarette again, never go back to a bottle again, never put a needle in their arm ever again. Oh, let me preach here today. I know I'm wrapping up. I'll close my Bible so you're convinced. I, I definitely can tell you. My pastor, my pastor flushed $30,000 of hash down a toilet when the cops were coming in the front door because he was addicted to drugs. He did armed robberies. He went to jail for some of those things after he was saved. After he was saved, he, have, he had to pay for some of those things that he did after the fact. But when he went into the jail, he knew he was saved. He knew he had been delivered from it. He did not want to go back to those drugs, and he never has again. In fact, all of the United States knows little Joey Hanthorn for walking away from a drug-selling life, an addicted life, because he got full of new wine. He changed over from his addiction to his Jesus addiction. And that is the only thing you can be addicted to, and it bless your life. It's the only thing you can give all yourself to, and it bless you. Please stand with me today. We need to stop some things that are going on in this house. We need to pray some addictions out of some of our family members. We need to pray a turnaround into some of our prodigals. We need to pray the answer of God to come down. We need to change the environment of our friends and our family because we are going to set our own habits that change others. Our systems bring salvation to others. Our habits in prayer bring salvation to others. If you've never been in intercessory prayer where God puts a spirit on you, and all you can do is just fall on the floor and pray for something till it lifts. And that means that when it lifts, it's been done in the earth. You have been a vessel to pray through the Holy Ghost something into the earth, and we can do that even today. We can pray things into being. Even if it's small, God wants us to be available to it. Amen? The best ability, hear me carefully. You know, I, I talk a lot about leadership when I'm talking with our leaders and stuff. And, and the core thing that I want you to hear in love is the best ability is availability. When you're available to God and when you push sin out of your life, he'll put something in your life that's even more beautiful than you ever imagined. I promise you that. 
Zechariah 4 and 10 says, do not despise the day of small things. Do not despise the day of small things, for they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. Well, that's cool. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I do. With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God sees the small steps that you take and how you line up with the Word of God. Do not despise the day of small things. So today, every time you do something, every time you make a step, do it in Jesus' name. Do it in Jesus' name. And He'll, by His habitation, will help you build spiritual habits that will change your life. Pray with me, would you, right now? Lord, I know we're going to baptize here in a minute. I know we're going to seek you in our life for just a few moments here. But I want to open this altar to somebody who wants to turn their feet, who wants to repent and turn around, who wants to give their life to you wholeheartedly. They don't have to know what tomorrow holds. They just have to know whenever those people ask them if they want to go do things that are against you, if they turn and say, no, I don't want to be where people are that cause that. I don't want to be in places that cause that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be answering my mood with a substance. I don't want to be answering anything but the Spirit in all these things. I open this altar to somebody. Would you come and make a decision? Would you choose to turn your feet? Would you push any sin out of your life by praying a prayer of repentance? Would you ask the Lord at this altar today, Lord, I want what you have for me. If you're moving in this earth and still doing miracles, I want to see miracles in my life. Come on, build a hunger in your heart right now. Build a hunger for God in your heart right now. I'm thankful for those that are here, but I'm thankful for those that are making themselves available. Your best ability right now is to make yourself available to God. In Jesus' name right now. Come on, we're going to take a moment of prayer and then we're going to baptize. We're going to take some time to lift up the Lord right now in this altar. Lift your voice and worship Him. Pray to Him out loud. Just tell Him what you need to tell Him. Lord, forgive me for my sins, God. Forgive me for the moments when I misstepped. Thank you for directing me through the Word of God today. Thank you for that word from the pastor that's going to direct my life to you, that's going to steer me back into relationship with you, into a, a proper place of relationship. Help me right now. In Jesus' name I pray.